Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Blog Talk Radio. Lucid's Trust a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way with new eyes. So, stay with us, and together, we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, the Buddha and Christ, both human and divine. Before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey, founder of the Lucis Trust. The Lucis Trust sponsors this show. Alice Bailey wrote 24 books of esoteric philosophy, and those 24 books are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show. The following thought is also from the works of Alice Bailey. Divine human avatars represent something which humanity can more easily understand because they are of, a, of like nature to mankind, flesh of our flesh and spirit of our spirit. They therefore mean more to us than any other divine emergence. Why are the Buddha and Christ examples of divine human avatars? They are, I think you could say, the supreme... Um, achievement that humanity to date has been capable of. They embody the highest um, achievement of the human um, psyche and um, potential, and they are also um, carriers, I guess we could say, transmitters of divine qualities. And that takes some explanation. There's a teaching in the Ageless Wisdom called the Doctrine of Avatars. Maybe some listeners have heard of the word avatar. It's a Sanskrit term that I think means literally one who comes down from far away to earth. Um, and it's the act of sacrifice that a great uh, divine being does 
In order to anchor in human consciousness and in human experience a divine quality or capacity that then becomes um, part of the human equipment, we could say, and gradually over the eons that follow becomes an attribute that human beings can express and wield. So an example of uh, such an avatar is the Buddha, who was utterly human and yet by his achievement of attaining enlightenment under the Bodhi tree in ancient India some 2,500 years ago, let in uh, the spiritual light in a way that had never before been possible. In fact, there's a wonderful legend about him that after his 40 days of sitting under the Bodhi tree when he demanded enlightenment or he wouldn't get up and move away, finally he made his breakthrough And when the light of divinity poured into his consciousness, legend says, he touched his right fingertip to the earth, and the earth roared in response, which is fascinating to contemplate because I think that's a a demonstration of what an avatar does. They anchor on earth, in earthly experience, a divine potential. And... uh, We should also be impressed by the idea that these avatars, like the Buddha and the Christ, emerged from humanity itself. I mean, they've gone through the process of evolution of consciousness, just as we are today, and we're all struggling through this same evolutionary trend. But the Buddha and the Christ both um, have come up through the ranks, in a sense, and... uh, they have evolved and they've gone through all the pain and the suffering that every other human being has. So they have a good sense of humanity and uh, where we are and what our problems are. And they, they've been through it themselves. So, uh, But they have achieved the status and, uh, of uh, masterhood. They have mastered the energies and forces of the human kingdom and they've moved on and they've Um, become very high initiates in their own right and that's why they can they have earned the the, uh, right to uh, anchor these great energies of light and love in the world in human consciousness the Buddha was um, one who when people asked him what are you are you a, a king are you a saint Are you an expression of divine power? He said, no, I am awake. His achievement was that he was awake. He awoke to the significance of life on earth. He awoke to the steps one has to take to achieve enlightenment. And he set about passing on everything that he had learned to those who would follow him because he knew that what he had achieved, we can achieve too. And the whole essence of his message, of his teaching, is the steps one needs to take to achieve enlightenment, and they have to do with detachment, with discrimination, with dispassion. He taught the problem of clinging to the earthly realm, the problem of clinging to material things, the problem of clinging to our desires, our cravings. And he, I think, taught in a really unique way how 
imprisoned we are by what we desire and yearn for and uh, pine for, we may not even realize how much we are um, embarked on a craving, possessive pursuit of what we think will make us happy and fulfilled. And he taught that nothing material can fulfill us. Only enlightenment, self-effort, dispassion and detachment from the things of the world will free us. He understood what causes human suffering. And it's interesting that he refused to teach what he knew of the esoteric doctrines, the real spiritual truths that I'm sure he himself had uh, grasped in his pursuit of enlightenment. He refused to teach those except to a small group of his disciples. For the large numbers of people who followed him, he taught suffering, the cause of suffering, and the release of suffering, because he knew that was what the need was, to understand the source of our suffering and how to free ourselves of it. Right, so I mean it was a rather simple message, but of course not an easy message to uh, fulfill or to carry out because we all uh, know how difficult it is to overcome these um, um, cravings, cravings that we have yeah. and desires that we have to how difficult it is to overcome them so that's what he concentrated on because it was he was anchoring principles divine principle of uh, detachment and um, <clears throat> helping humanity in general to find a, a way out of this um, imprisonment of the lower nature. It's interesting that both the Buddha and the Christ are called in the writings of Alice Bailey transmitting avatars. She says that these are manifestations of divinity that appear at certain great cyclic moments in human history when humanity needs the expression of a new truth in order to progress and move forward on the evolutionary ladder. In other words, these great transmitting avatars come at really pivotal moments in human evolution. The Buddha at a time which is called now the Axial Age, when India was at a crossroads and the old... Uh, religious uh, and social concepts were being more and more challenged by the society of the time and seemed to no longer suffice to meet the need of the people. And the Buddha came with an utterly new and fresh teaching. Christ, too, taught uh, a spiritual doctrine that released people from the old ways and the old rituals and the old dogmas and I think we can look at our own time and see that there's a need for a new approach to divinity. Yes, we're in that pivotal age right now where there's the old patterns, the old ways of um, doing things has been wiped away. And uh, there is opening now for new uh, dispensation. And that's one reason why the, it is believed that the Christ uh, will reappear eventually sometime uh, who knows when but uh, whenever humanity has prepared the way properly so um, <clears throat> Christ uh, came and anchored the energy of love just as the 
Buddha anchored the uh, energy of illumination. And the message of Christ at that time was uh, rather new for the, for the times. Uh, people hadn't been, hadn't heard that message before too much. So it was, but he he presented it in a very simple way, so that everyone could understand. And uh, that's still the message that um, is needed today. I think um, one of the most important things of the teaching of these great transmitting avatars is the realization that they come out of the human experience. They are the fruit of human potential, I guess we could say. And that means that what they have achieved, we can too, and we must. They are flesh of our flesh and spirit of our spirit. Christ said, greater things than I have done ye shall do. And the Buddha too, his final words were, be a lamp unto your own feet. Work out your salvation with diligence. That was his parting teaching to his disciples. In other words, don't be dependent on ritual or magic or some uh, divine power out there somewhere. The divinity you need is within you and is awaiting your evocation and your um, embodiment and your expression. That's what will save you. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today, the Buddha and Christ, both human and divine. We have a special offer from Lucis Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Bally book, The Reappearance of the Christ. And the reappearance of the Christ is, um, well, the unique partnership of what Alice Bally calls the two brothers, the Buddha and the Christ, is documented in this book, The Reappearance of the Christ. And, and their many centuries of service to humanity are described. <clears throat> Once again, uh, the title of the book, The Reappearance of the Christ by Alice Bally. Uh, the special offer comes in the form of free shipping and handling. It's available for $16. And by the way, it's free shipping and handling when you mention Inner Sight, that you heard about the show on Inner Sight. Just a little notation. So what you need to do if you'd like to take advantage of this offer is... Um, uh, you're going to order the book, The Reappearance of the Christ, and you'll find a, a lot of today's discussion explored in much more depth within this book, The Reappearance of the Christ by Alice Bally. And then you'll uh, send a check or money order and $16 to Lucis Publishing. Lucis is L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And once again, that's $16. And also, if you'd like to um, get in touch with us for any reason whatsoever, and most people call us because they'd like a general package of information about Lucis Trust. The most frequently asked question, is, it or is Lucis Trust a religion? No, it's not. It's a uh, spiritual philosophy organization. I don't think even the word organization is a correct word. It's basically people who uh, get together and they uh, talk about themes that you can find within the 24 books of esoteric philosophy by Alice Bailey. And you'll find uh, people from all walks of life and many religious backgrounds uh, who read the books and talk about the spiritual themes within the books. And um, uh, there's a lot of commonality amongst all people, regardless of their religious background, within the Alice Bailey books. So if you'd like that general package of information or if you'd like to call us for another reason, call us at one eight six six 
695-8247. That's uh, 1-866-695-8247. The easy way to remember it is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. Your donations, by the way, to LUCIS Trust are tax-deductible, and uh, those the donations, well, that's what uh, helps uh, keep us on the radio show. The, your donations, both large, large and small, uh, are very useful to us on remaining on the air and, and, and enabling us to continue doing these, these shows for you. So if you'd like to continue supporting us, uh, send your donations to Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. We appreciate all those donations. They're certainly uh, evidence of your support for us. And <clears throat> once again, too, uh, just a reminder, we have a, um, uh, we have a website. All of our InterSight programs can be heard on that website, www.lucistrust.org. On the homepage, you'll find a link to today's program, which will be available for hearing in a day or two. Last week's program is already available, and many of our past programs can also be heard. Once again, www.lucistrust.org. The theme of each week's program is posted in advance on our website also so that you can see in advance what next Sunday's program will be. <clears throat> you know, I was thinking, Sarah, Dale, that uh, what you're saying is uh, is still a revolutionary idea in a sense. Uh, I know that uh, through my uh, upbringing I always saw Christ and even Buddha when I read about him. I was interested in Buddha as well. But I'd always think of them as apart from uh, humanity, apart from myself, nothing that... I could achieve, and, and I feel, still think it's a revolutionary idea, that one of the themes of this show, and that is that uh, Christ and, and Buddha are considered to, uh, you, you consider them, at least Lucas Trust, to, uh, uh, that is also in the Bailey books uh, especially, to be a, uh, an outgrowth of humanity, that they're not apart from us. There's something that, uh, that consciousness that they achieved, we can achieve also, is that what you're saying? Yes, and that's what's so, I think, significant that we must grasp, that they represent the epitome uh, in terms of uh, human evolution to the present time of what the human experience can lead to. And that's really important that we grasp. The Buddha was not um, an avatar in the sense of someone coming from outer, uh, outside our solar system and uh, parachuting into Earth to endow us with some divine attribute, he was one who knew very well the human experience and evolved his way through it, suffered through it, learned and sacrificed until he made his own personal breakthrough that ended his attachment to the material plane. I think his, his enlightenment was his realization that reality exists apart from the realm of form and clinging to everything that we associate with form, with desire. He made a, an insight into reality that liberated him forever from the attachment to the things of this world. But he stayed with us, living a long life for some 80 years, teaching everything he knew, and he remains with us to this day. Uh, the doctrine of Buddhism and the esoteric doctrine of the Ageless Wisdom says that he returns every year to humanity 
on the full moon of Taurus, which is this year, May 1st. Interestingly, he is said to have been born uh, in Taurus and to achieved to have achieved his enlightenment on the full moon of Taurus, and he returns to our earth every year on the full moon of Taurus, known as Waisak, to bring spiritual stimulation to humanity. He's remained identified with us. And that's because of the tremendous compassion that he had for humanity and for struggling humanity at that time. He uh, even um, had the choice way back in his day to, to continue on and go on and do other work but he chose to stay with humanity, and he is still with humanity, and uh, coming back, as you say, every year at the time of the Waysack Festival, which is a definite, real festival that mm-hmm. takes place in the, the uh, Vaisaka Valley in the Himalayas, and uh, <clears throat> that's one of the one of the uh, great festivals of the Buddhas. Yes. We've seen uh, film footage of uh, people who have visited that uh, valley, which I think is at the base of Mount Kailash in the Mm -hmm. uh, mountains of Tibet. And the pilgrims every year make that journey to the foot of that mountain um, because they believe the Buddha returns and the radiance of their faces, uh, the expectancy with which they um, return and make that difficult journey and the way they prostrate prostrate themselves um, in reverence for this divine presence is really inspiring and moving. And that, I think, is, well, you believe it or you don't, that it's evidence that the Buddha remains with us, just as those who believe in Christ know that he is present with us, that he didn't live 2,000 years ago, die, and leave but they remain with us as guides and as prompts, but they don't do our work for us. And that's what's Mm. important to remember. No, I mean, one of the great tasks of avatars like the Buddha and the Christ is that they must anchor and form a nucleus of um, energy, of the energy of love and the the energy of of, energy. illumination and and the mind principle of intelligence and it is because they have exerted this much so much power that they are able to establish this nucleus which stays and grows and grows and grows and that's why we have two major world religions that are formed around the Buddha and the Christ and also um, other avatars too like Mohammed was also in that same class, and uh, great religions have formed uh, after the work that they have done. So it is this world, the worldwide impact that is so important to realize that um, they don't come here to divide humanity, they come here to show us the way to come together. And uh, this is one of the things that uh, the religious communities of the world have to realize, begin to transcend. Yes, I think that's an important point to remember. At this time when we see the terrible divisions created by religions, not so much by the religions themselves, but by the followers who misinterpret 
I think, the, the real doctrines of the different religions so that they become means by which people separate themselves from each other. But if you think about it, the Buddha was the outgrowth of the Hindu tradition of ancient India into which he incarnated and which he knew very well. And the Christ uh, was the the outgrowth of Judaism into which he incarnated and knew very well. So there are lines of uh, linkage that unite those four faiths, Judaism, Christianity, Hinduism, Buddhism, and then as you say, Islam, which grew according to the Ageless Wisdom out of the um, teachings that were anchored by Jesus and the Muslims do still revere Jesus as a great prophet. I think we could keep that uh, pattern of relationship in mind when we look at religions and try to imagine all of us, regardless of whatever tradition we were born into and follow, as following different paths that lead to one source. And that's what uh, the partnership of these two great brothers, as Alice Bailey called them, I think affirms. Right, and we have to realize that they are, as you mentioned earlier, the, these two, Buddha and the Christ, are transmitters, uh, transmitter avatars. And they, they come to transmit a divine principle or extraplanetary principles, like the principle of love is a great law that um, extends even beyond uh, the earth itself. So it's, it's one of the basic principles of the solar system and this is what these two avatars are trying to anchor in human consciousness these principles that lie beyond the earth itself and they're finding the stimulation in the heart center of humanity that is beginning to react and respond to these same principles yes I don't think they come to a vacuum they come out of response uh, evoked by humanity itself. The Buddha responded to the potential that was nascent in humanity, the potential for enlightenment, and the Christ responded to the capacity for love that was potential within human beings. But they they stimulate it and quicken it in a way that uh, is beyond our capacity to understand because that's where their divine... Um, their divine capacity comes. They have achieved a point of realization that allowed them to touch an aspect of divinity. And that's what they anchor within human consciousness. Alice Bailey said some very interesting ideas about the, the Buddha. She said, year by year since he left the earth, he has come back to humanity, bringing light and blessing. She said the success of his effort and of the Christ has led to the crescendo of knowledge that we see in the glory of the modern science and the widespread education that exists today. That's the, the fruit of the light that the Buddha led into the world. We could say knowledge is the hallmark of our civilization, even though it's often misapplied, misappropriated. It is also the means of our liberation. And now she said another phase of light is beginning to demonstrate, and that is the light of wisdom, which I think we could say is knowledge transmuted through experience into 
loving understanding of the nature of how we must live on earth. Wisdom, she said, is the enlightened application of knowledge through love. And this is our next step. Please take advantage of the special offer from Lucy's Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Bailey book, The Reappearance of the Christ. A unique partnership of what Alice Bailey calls the two brothers. The Buddha and the Christ is documented in this book, The Reappearance of Christ, of Christ and, 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 there are many, and the Buddha and the Christ, many centuries of service to humanity are also described. It's available for $16. Uh, please send check or money order, $16. Free shipping and handling when you mention in your site. Send it to Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth.
Morning, Sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a McCafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Morning, Sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a McCafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?